What is the nature of thought? How does the structure and makeup of the brain affect our experience of thinking? What should we expect and not expect as we experience the activity of the mind? How can we improve our relationships with the thoughts that we have with a view to deepening our sense of connectedness and meaning with our internal and external life experiences? Welcome to this episode of Evolve, an exploration of spirituality, wellness, and the thoughtfulness practice with acclaimed author and visionary teacher, Kalani Das. Let's begin by examining two general definitions, one of the brain and one of the mind. When we talk about the brain, we are referring to the organ inside our bodies. The brain has a physiology consisting of fat cells and water and other materials that form its various components, including the trillions of neurons that make it a unique and powerful resource. It's because of this vast neural network that humans are capable of organizing, manipulating, and creating thoughts and ideas that are far more complex than other animals. When we talk about the mind, we are referring to the dynamic experience of thinking, including an awareness of the production of various thoughts, as well as our experience of those thoughts. One of the goals of mindfulness is to increase our capacity for distinguishing between the thoughts themselves and the entity doing the thinking, what we often refer to as the self. One key to understanding the nature of the mind is to recognize the nature of thought. And that is that a thought is not simply a thing or an action, but a process. We don't think about things as much as we identify things through the process of thinking, or the journey of thought. To illustrate this concept, let's enter into an experience. Take some time to think about an apple. Looking back on your experience, you'll likely find that you did not have one single thought about an apple, but that your thought process presented you many versions and variations on the theme of apple. You might start off thinking about an image of an apple. Maybe it's red, or maybe it's green, 
or maybe it's your favorite kind of apple. You might see the apple sitting on a table or in a bowl or on a tree. You might imagine the larger setting. Is it in the kitchen, the dining room, or in a yard or an orchard? Is there one or more apples? You may think about a barrel full of apples, an apple pie or applesauce. If you think of apple pie, you might have other thoughts that are associated with apple pie, such as family dinners, holidays, or feelings of patriotism. If you happen to be American, you might find yourself thinking about the American flag or the American national anthem. Of course, this is just one of the possible paths that your mind could have taken when it started at the point of apple, but it could have also gone in a completely different direction, such as thinking about a popular electronics manufacturer, the Garden of Eden, the discovery of gravity, or any number of apple-related topics, which would have branched off and landed you in any number of different places. What's important with regard to deepening our understanding of the nature of thought is to know that when you think about something, you're actually entering into a dynamic process that involves associations with other things that are connected to that one thing. might be familiar with the concept of mind mapping, where you start with a single item or idea and from it create connections to any and all things that are associated with that item or idea. You make new connections, branching out farther and farther in all directions, until what emerges is a kind of map or tree of thought with lines that connect all the contents. The more time you spend, the more branches you add. If you spent enough time, you could potentially map out the extent of your knowledge, all from a single starting point. Mind mapping is a useful process when the goal is to expand the possibilities of meaning and explore new ways to think about something, or to think about as many things as possible. It's useful in brainstorming, where the goal is to develop an idea or concept to its full potential. The nature of the mind is to mind map automatically, without a conscious effort. Your mind does this, whether you're directing it to or not. This is why, when you're asked to think of something, you can end up thinking of something completely different. Your train of thought often carries you a great distance away from your original location. Sometimes it carries you so far away, you don't even remember how you got there. Have you ever found yourself thinking? It's an interesting expression, isn't it? I found myself thinking about the American flag. You were thinking, and then you found yourself. So... Where did you go? 
How did you get lost and then find yourself? The internal representation of your life experience became more salient than what your senses were providing you. You were attending to your imagination more than the external environment. We often call this daydreaming or disassociation. The fact is, your brain is the container for what is like a miniature electrical storm. The neurons firing away every second and in innumerable combinations. Different areas of your brain are constantly lighting up with thought energy moving across and between the trillions of neural connections in your brain and resulting in the phenomenon of associative thought. This is how you are designed. This creative, dynamic, wild energy is what makes you human, and it's normal for humans. If we were not designed this way, we probably would not have survived to this point because we would not have the creativity of thought necessary to overcome the physical challenges that our environment presents to us. We need to have wild minds to survive. The challenge for us, now that technology provides for most of our physical and intellectual needs, is to form a peaceful and productive relationship with this wild mind of ours. This is the goal of mindfulness and the thoughtfulness practice. And it's a goal that is achievable by anyone, regardless of ethnicity, gender, age, religion, or any other criteria. This message of capability is echoed by all enlightened masters, and believing that you can create a peaceful and productive relationship with your mind is an important first step in reaching that goal. If mind mapping is the conscious attempt to expand on a concept or an idea, what then would we call the unconscious process as described previously? I like to think of this process as a thought bloom. Much like the branches and leaves that form from a single seed, a blossoming effect takes place in your mind. This, of course, is an ongoing process. As thoughts blossom, they throw themselves into other areas of your mind, sparking more growth and activity. Whatever you call it is not important, but this dynamic process is essential for creativity. It's how all creative thinkers come to develop new ideas, constructs, and even philosophies and ways of thinking. It's at the root of all art science, humor, and what makes us human. It's also a process that can cause humans a certain degree of suffering as they attempt to grapple 
with what appears to be a kind of uncontrollable wildness happening inside of their heads. This is why it's so critical to be able to watch the activity of the mind from the perspective of an observer. Knowing that all thoughts are your mind's way of trying to help you by presenting you with a variety of options and possibilities. Something you can try as a way to help you be the observer of your mind's creations is to consciously comment on some of the things that your mind presents to you. For example, if your mind presents you with an undesirable scenario that might happen in the future, what most of us would say would be something to worry about, rather than spending time entertaining the thought, say to yourself, how interesting, what an imaginative thought. You could even have an imaginary conversation with your mind where you talk directly to it. You could say, Thank you for showing me that possibility. There's no way to know if that will happen, so let's not worry about it. Why would you want to have that kind of conversation with yourself? There are two reasons. One is that in doing so, you're reaffirming your role as observer and placing your thoughts in perspective as simply products of your mind. The other reason is to acknowledge the thought so that your mind does not continue to present you with the same thought over and over, like a child asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Remember that you have a dynamic relationship with your own mind. So trying to suppress your thoughts could end up resulting in them coming back over and over. Sometimes a good way to dissolve a certain kind of mental tension is to allow that thought energy to move in the direction it seems to be moving. By acknowledging the thought, you allow it to complete its trajectory, and as a result, the chances of it remaining are reduced. I sometimes think of my own mind as a child who brings me something it's created in order to seek acknowledgement and even approval. We can all imagine a small child walking up to us with a piece of artwork saying, look what I made. Until you acknowledge the effort and appreciate it, that voice might just stick around until you do. Sometimes acknowledgement is all that's required. Try these practices and see what happens. Both your body and your mind are your responsibility to manage. Each are sending you messages, and they each have an intelligence of their own. 
Each one expresses itself in different ways, and it's your job to understand the messages they're sending to you, and then to send the appropriate messages back in return. Those of us who don't take the time and put in the effort to pay attention and learn how to communicate with both our mind and our body can end up playing the child's role in the relationship, allowing both their bodies and their minds to run their lives for them. Enlightenment is not a suppression of the mind, nor is it a distraction of the mind. It's the result of a healthy relationship with the mind and a celebration of its vast creativity and capacity to show us what we have never seen and transport us to places we have never been while we watch in appreciation and gratitude from a place of peace and centeredness. Future Talks will focus on reducing feelings of tension and anxiety by allowing somatic expressions to flow freely and inviting the physical expression of emotional energy. You've been listening to Evolve with author and teacher Kalani Das. Visit KalaniDas.com, where you'll enjoy inspirational music, insightful articles, and other resources as you continue to evolve.